Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. Welcome to week 15 of the NFL season. Almost I can't there. believe it's week 15. Well, usually almost there. We probably got a little <laughs> bit extra football to cover this year. This is the 20 in the Huddle podcast, week 15 edition. And I welcome in the Detroit News' Justin Rogers. Does a great job with the news covering everything uh, Detroit Lions. And look, week 15, it's the dog days, right? It, yep. It's the stretch run. It's December and... It looks like a pretty healthy Detroit Lions team heading into a really big matchup on on Saturday. Indeed, and a really big matchup. And you know, I don't think we can understate that the Lions a little bit of a rut right now. Got to dig out of it. This Broncos team is is not, I guess, the what the doctor ordered. Team's playing very well. Winners of six and seven, and really seem to have everything going in their favor, particularly defensively. They look a lot like Detroit did last year. You no know, doubt. obviously with the rough start, and then they fixed Identical, some things almost, right? defensively, started to play better ball, took care of the football, got takeaways, never leads the league in takeaways. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit too, but very similar to what Detroit was last year. Obviously, these two head coaches uh, know each other well, and Justin, it's been fun writing about playoff scenarios For and, sure. and getting the, the, the tag Change know, this pace, week. if you will. Yes, usually we're already in kind of draft mode, right. or we have been in years past um so it, it it's fun and and here's the key matchup segment we go through five real quick um let's start with jared goff and, and justin simmons and yep. when you look at jared goff you know obviously the concern over the last few weeks have been the turnovers eight no turnovers in his last four games a little bit concerning and now he's facing a team and a player in justin simmons um denver leads the nfl with 24 takeaways 13 of those fumbles i mean they really do a good job jared's got to be much better in that regard this week yeah look at Simmons, almost like I looked at Glover Quinn when he was here. Mm. A little bit more of a physical specimen. I think Glover would love to tell you that he'd like that kind of height and weight <laughs> combination, but uh, super cerebral, super smart, and just has that nose to the ball. I, I think I was talking to you about it earlier this week that I looked it up since 2016 when when Simmons came into the league as a third-round draft pick. Most interceptions in the NFL, 30 over that stretch. Wow. He's had at least three the last five years, including this year, tied for the lead last year. Uh, just a phenomenal player and just a guy that you have to be aware as a quarterback the entire game of where he's at to know that he won't necessarily fall for that eye manipulation that quarterbacks try to do. So um, you, you just can't chance it because his range is so good and he finishes. Not only that, he forces fumbles too. I think yeah. he's one of their four or five players that have forced at least two this year. Wow. And you look at Jared, a little bit of home cooking. I think you like the fact that you're getting back at home. You look at Jared Goff at home since 2011, fifth and pass, fifth best in passer rating, fifth most yards fourth most touchdowns. I mean, he plays uh, a better brand of football at home, notwithstanding the the Thanksgiving game, obviously. Yeah. Um, but but we've seen him play his best ball there. If he takes care of the football, he's got all five offensive linemen back. This is a Denver team that doesn't um, defend the run very well. They're actually last. And so I think it's a recipe for success brewing with Jared, but he's got to take care of the football and he's got to stay away from Justin. I Simmons. think it's key, right? The run game is key, right? Yeah. That's the play action game is what works for Jared Goff. It's like his bread and butter where he's comfortable. Like you mentioned, worst run defense in the league. It's a little inflated because the Miami numbers run yeah. for 350, but still uh, worst yards per carry, worst yards per game. If you run the ball 
well it's going to set Jared up for success. 100%. All right, let's go to the other side of the football. Yep. Cam Sutton versus Cortland Sutton. Sutton on Sutton crime in this nice. one. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to me it, to see if Cam travels with Cortland in this matchup. Now, obviously, they got Jerry, Judy, yep. and uh, you know Mims has been playing well, too. But we've seen that in some games. And I think that'll be an interesting one in this one because we're going to see probably both Jerry Jacobs and Kendall Vildor on mm-hmm. the other side. And so is the game plan for Aaron Glenn going to be, look, he's their guy, right? He leads them in in receptions, yards, touchdowns. Do you want your best corner on that guy? That'll be interesting to see if they travel. Yeah, I think you've hit the main point I was wondering going into this game as well. Like, will Sutton travel? Um, It doesn't feel like we've seen in a few weeks. People were asking about it against DJ Moore. They were asking about it uh, in other games. Why didn't it happen? I wonder if that'll be an adjustment we see from the defensive corner this week. Sutton, as the Broncos are, is, is on fire, and it's not just production is these crazy highlight reel one-handed catch i mean <laughs> yeah. he's such a good player i know they had him on the block last year and i, I feel like they're fairly close to trade him at least that's the way the rumors kind of felt going but I'm, I'm sure they're glad they held on to him because he's been their number one guy hasn't been judy i think as most people expected that that kind of dynamic to develop in denver you look at the touchdowns with him he's got 10 eight of them have come in the red zone so you're like well maybe he's not you know that big of a deep threat but wrong just looking at yeah. it over the last five games he's got at least one catch with of 30 plus yards in the last two games a 46 yard touchdown and a 45 yard touchdown when they go deep and russell wilson likes to go deep that's what they're looking for yeah i, I, I watched that 46 yarder today Wasn't it was insane it's it's an incredible <laughs> catch and you know russell wilson's got 22 passes 20 or more yards beyond the line of scrimmage beyond the line of scrimmage so you're talking about top 10 deep passer and just like jared i mean he's incredible in the play action so i think 118 passer rating so Jeez. you you just everybody's kind of in play there with with the defense has to be really fundamentally sound to to stop that element of it and it starts with you know playing top down defensively that's where it always stops for this team right yeah and to your point too russell does a good job i think of avoiding pressure but not necessarily to run it's to extend those plays to guys to get yep. down even more maybe get even more separation and he's one of those guys that throws a great deep ball on the run outside the pocket um detroit's defensive backs really i think in this one they have to just rely on the front seven to handle the rush part of it you have got to stay on your man you've got to cover the deep ball when you're playing this football team i, I think back to another matchup against russell wilson and kind of how much he screwed with Devin Kennard on the edge um you know, Kennard was a really athletic player and just really struggled with some of the zone read or boot looks that, that Russell Wilson gave him. So to me, that's a quarterback that that threatens you at all three levels, right? It starts at the line of scrimmage. You got to not entirely like Justin Fields, but not too dissimilar either. You have to make sure you keep him contained to the pocket. He will try to roll out. He does keep his eyes downfield. He can throw on the run. Second level, it's that play action game, right? And it's one where I, I think the Lions have an interesting dynamic where they, they struggle with it because... They're so committed to stopping the run. They're mm. so aggressive bringing those linebackers yeah. forward. And so they take that maybe extra half step or step forward to make sure they're filling their run gaps. It's worked really, really well at stopping the run. Top 10. But it also puts you in a position where you're scrambling to get back in your zones. And this is a quarterback, as I said, play action is a strength. He'll abuse you on that. And then it goes to the top level, right? And we talk about playing top down. Kirby Joseph, you know, I think uh, we all understand, great playmaker, but he's also a guy that takes chances. He'll cheat down. And that will that will lead to getting burned for big plays. It's more important for him to stay high to offer the support on Sutton or Judy or the rookie, um, in uh, Mims, um, yeah. to to make sure that the corners have help deep than to cheat down and try to get that pick that 
you know, may or may not develop. Look at you teasing the next one here. Let's get to that one. And let's talk a little bit uh, more about the, the the Kirby Joseph and the Russell Wilson. Well, we talked yeah. a lot about the play action and the deep balls. I stopped by Kirby's locker room uh, this week just to chat a little bit. And he said, look, I think I'm going to get some opportunities. You know, I'm going to get some opportunities to make some plays because they he fully expects them to take some shots. And he yeah. said, look, I'm going to have my eye on 14. Anytime he's streaking down the field, look, that's my responsibility. I've got to know where he's at. I can't let him get behind me. But I like the, the attitude of, of, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to get a chance to make some plays too. You know, they're going to challenge me, and, and that's my opportunity to, to get some picks and make some big plays. It's, it's such a balance for a player with that kind of range and that kind of skill set, right? Like, you know you can do it. You've got the hands to do it. You've got the instincts to do it that you have to be aware that teams are also aware of your ability. And so they will try to go back to cheating you with your eyes, right? You have you look down those underneath routes or you create those underneath routes where you think you've got to cheat down and, and try to get a robber pick when in reality they're just trying to get something behind you. So um, just as a young player, I think that's something we see on film regularly is, is he's – He's a cheater in that regard, right? Like he likes to come down and, and he's been rewarded for it so often. And so you kind of, you live with the bad to get the good there. Turnovers are such big plays, but so are 40 yard pass plays. And so just that has to be first and foremost, the back head to not let things get behind him. To that point, seven pass plays the last four games of 30 plus yards given up by this Detroit Lions defense. Yep two of those touchdowns, so it is the give and take. Um, they've allowed some of those plays where they've maybe cheated a little bit, um, and Russell Wilson's going to try to pop one. He's For got sure. a touchdown in every game this year, yeah. and so he's going to take um, take those shots. Well, and, I think and, back to that Green Bay game, right? Like, they were worried about in that game. What happens? First, first play of the play. game, they hit you. So, like, don't, don't let it slip from your mind for a second because they will get you. You I think we talked about and, or, and you mentioned how great he's been in terms of his passer rating on play action on balls that he attempts that have at least 21 air yards which means that go over 20 yards in sure. the air. He's got 113.4 passer rating good. and four touchdowns. So they're letting Russ cook. That's what they they <laughs> yeah. let Russ cook. I like it. All right, let's go to shift over to this one. I'm on Ross St. Brown on a little bit of a mini slump for, for him sure. um versus uh, Jaquan McMillan who's been a terrific uh, addition in the undrafted guy in his second season. You look at uh McMillan two interceptions, two sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, seven tackles for loss. He's kind of like their version of Brian Branch, right? I mean, that guy that makes plays all over the field affects the game in a lot of different ways. And this is a great example of maybe being in the the forest, right? And you can't really see outside of it because I I was unfamiliar with McMillan's game before this week, and that's part because he's in the AFC, right? We're not seeing those guys a whole lot. Um, But you just start digging into the numbers, and they're phenomenal. He's he's excellent against the run. He's physical against the pass. And, and you mentioned all the, the stats. I mean, there's a playmaking level to him. Started one game last year, so this is really his yeah. first full year as a starter, and he has just come on like gangbusters. I mean, really um, you know, established himself as one of the better young nickelbacks in the league. And um, look, it's it's going to be tough for, for St. Brown's to get on track because I'm sure that not only is he going to be seeing McMillan, but he's going to be seeing, as he does so many teams, teams bracketing him, doing little things, little double, especially on third down, to take him away. So he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's. And if he's not, you know, like we saw with Laporta a couple of weeks ago, yeah. somebody else has to step up and win their one-on-one matchups. No, or this past game is going to struggle again. That's a great point by you because we saw somebody step up nine catches, 140 no yards, and a touchdown in New Orleans, and they were able to, you know, still be successful offensively without the production of St. Brown. Right. 
Nobody stepped up in Chicago, and look what happened. 161 passing yards, 267 for the for total, which was the lowest of the year, and only 13 points, the second lowest. If teams are going to take them away, Detroit's got to be really good about having that second guy step up. But a little uncharacteristic, five catches for 70 no yards. We, we've seen him beat double teams a lot, too. Uh, I think you have to go all the way back to week five and six in, in consecutive losses to New England and Dallas last year when he didn't have at least five catches in, in two consecutive games. So I, I sense there's a little motivation. I don't think you ever raise the red flag with that guy. No. Like it's just there's there's nothing in his character that suggests that he's going to slow down, that he's not going to get it right. The guy works hard. He's mo- intrinsically motivated, and you know probably a guy that gets a little angry you yeah. know, when things are not going well. So I I would expect a bounce back game, if not here. Very, very soon. Three catches he needs on Sunday, Justin, and he becomes one of three players in NFL history to have at least 90 catches and 900 yards in his first three seasons. Pretty good for a fourth-round draft pick. Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, yeah. the other guys. Yeah. I mean, we just get so used to the production that it maybe jumps off the the, yeah. the screen a little and bit. And with we don't probably see it. less long-term problems than either one of those guys. All right, let's end with this one, and it's been a big storyline this week, sure. is Dan Campbell, uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, against his mentor, Sean Payton, in his first season over in Denver. The two obviously spent uh, five years together um, as head coach, assistant head coach in New Orleans, but um, Payton was uh, the quarterback's coach and then the offensive coordinator when Dan was a player. So a long history there and and a lot of mutual respect between those two. Yeah, such a long history of mutual admiration, too. I mean, they just both speak so glowingly of each other. Um, Dan spoke glowingly about the the influences Peyton has had on him in terms of his aggressiveness on fourth down and the fake punts. That's that's all Sean Peyton kind of taking that old school football mentality out of Dan Campbell and, and instilling, you know, the newer way of thinking about football. And then, you know, obviously, uh, Peyton coached Campbell at multiple spots, you know, really wanted him to be a part of his rosters. And then when he lost that job in Miami or didn't, you know, get the full-time job after the interim tag, Peyton was all over and not only made Dan a tight ends coach, but he made him an assistant head coach that gave him the tool set yeah. to get this job here. And so, um, you know, you looked at this matchup for a while and as long as the Broncos and, and Lions were going to have competitive records, you knew this was going to be the one flex to prime because it's just a ready-made uh narrative driven story and and rightfully so i mean like these are two coaches that are succeeding in this league Peyton's obviously done it a lot longer with a lot longer track record but it's a compelling matchup with with two guys that are are interesting and when you look at the football teams especially offensively i mean you see it's very similar you see that there's a lot in detroit um that that dan kind of got over his time uh with sean and and you see it in denver obviously saw it in new orleans just you know even the references sometimes when um you know dan was talking about jameer gibbs being his alvin Kamara and just finding similar pieces and, and similar things and so um it should be a really fun matchup and look Dan knows that that Sean's going to want to come in here and and, and play well. Week. What do you say? He wants to come in here and bear fifty on him. Yeah, yeah. Anzalone said fifty plus. So look, there's mutual respect there. But whenever you play somebody, you have mutual respect for the competitive juices start no flowing, and you want to uh, uh, come out on top on that one. So it should be a fun matchup. He is Justin Rogers. Does a great job uh, with the Detroit News. Stay tuned. I got uh, Jack uh, chat with Jack Campbell next. Welcome back to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast, and I am very happy to welcome welcome in Eric Delala. Um, does a great job, the lead writer over there uh, for uh, DenverBroncos.com. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, you got it, Tim. Appreciate it. 
Well, it's uh, kind of a lot of storylines going into this one. I mean, you look at uh, where Denver started. You look at how Denver's playing right now. Much similar to to what happened with the Lions last year. Obviously, Dan Campbell and Sean Payton know each other very, very well. But I want to start with this. I mean, such a turnaround from starting one and five to now six and one in you guys' last seven games. Um, Just what's been the biggest catalyst, in your opinion, um, to, to that turnaround? Yeah, I think two things. One, the defense has obviously taken a big step forward, um, gave up 70 points in that loss to Miami way back in week three and uh, struggled a little bit in a a week two loss to Washington early in the year. Um, And they've just kind of turned things around. Some of it was personnel changes. Justin Simmons, an all-pro safety, came back from injury. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, who's kind of been a revelation at that slot corner position, was inserted in the lineup. Fabian Moreau went in in at corner in place of Damari Mathis. So it was some personnel changes. Um, But then I think just kind of an added comfort of having been in Vance Joseph's defense a little bit longer. They've certainly found their stride and they've been playing much better, allowing 16 points a game here since that kind of turnaround began in week seven. Um, and then I think the other thing which which goes along with the defense is the takeaways, the turnover margin. This Denver defense is is forcing takeaways at an absurd rate during that winning streak. It felt like you were good for three a game guaranteed. And then this offense has not turned the ball over. And so they're winning the turnover margin, playing good defense. Offense hasn't been perfect, you know, not scoring 30 points a game, but they're coming up big in big moments late in games. And it's kind of been the reason why Denver's gone on this little streak here taking the football away, not giving it away. That's a recipe for success in this league, as you know. Is that just something that that harps on it? Because when you watch the film, it just stands out. I mean, they attack the football. 13 fumbles. Um, I think that that's number one in the NFL. That is really, really high. Is it just, has that always just been a product of of Vance, or is it something that's just emphasized, or is it just you got the right combination of players that that are really good at it? Just what's been the the big uh, catalyst there with, with all these takeaways? Yeah, they, it sounds like Thursday is like it's takeaway Thursday as a defense. And so they have a turnover circuit during practice that they go through during the media viewing period. Um, I know, you know, inside the building during meetings, they show the guys all the takeaways from the previous week. And Vance was talking in the other week about how they show the TV copy, actually, because guys don't often get to watch the TV copy of their plays. They see it in slow motion. They see themselves attacking the football Um, And particularly with those fumbles, it gives you an opportunity to see that what you're doing on the practice field is working, that it's paying off during the game. So it has been a big emphasis. And he said sometimes, you know, you emphasize it every year and and sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes the guys don't quite um, buy in the way they need to. He's seen this group buy in and really make it a priority. And it's, like I said, one of the biggest reasons why Denver's had success here the last six or seven weeks. You know, flipping over to the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson's obviously been doing this at a high level for a really, really long time. But it looks like he's kind of really settled in to to, to Sean's offense, completing 67% of his passes, 23 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Um, it, 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 does he really kind of bought in? And, and has Sean done a good job with, with Russell kind of fitting this offense to what he does well? Because Russell seems like he's really comfortable and playing at a, at a pretty high level right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it starts with running the football. And in, in the offseason, uh, the Broncos went out and kind of revamped their offensive line. They got Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco. They got Ben Powers from Baltimore, um, brought back a couple of guys. Garrett Bowles got healthy. 
Um, and they really prioritized, added Samaje P. Ryan from Cincinnati at running back and really prioritized running the football. And I think that sets things up for this team. When they're running the football well, then you can use the play action game, which has been where Russ is at his best this year. I think his rating is in the 120s when he's uh, going off play action, had a lot of success there. His completion percentage is really high. And it gives you a chance to take those shots down the field that we've seen again and again to Cortland Sutton. It seems like every week Cortland's making some type of absurd catch um you know after russ launches one down there and i think that's always kind of been the the staple when russ is playing really well as a, a good run game give him the chance to throw those play action passes deep down the field get those chunk plays control the football game um, which pairs well with that defense getting takeaways and then i think the other thing we've seen this year that we really didn't see much of at all last year is, is Russ using his legs. And certainly um, he did that a little bit against the Chargers this last week. But I think back to a couple of weeks ago against Cleveland, there was a drive where Russ ran it two or three times. And really it creates another element um, for a defense to think about. And, uh, you know, he dropped weight before the season began. That was a big storyline here in Denver. Um, never officially confirmed how much weight he lost, but some reports about 15 pounds and certainly has looked like he's been able to run around a little bit better, closer to kind of how he was in Seattle. And I think that that run element has been a big deal and, and certainly defenses have to account for it. Uh, this past week, we saw a play where, um, you know, they used an, a, a play that Jacksonville used in the playoff game against the Chargers with it looked like three backs kind of all flowing to the right. Russ uses his legs, get back, gets back to the left, easy touchdown there for Denver. So um, those three things, the running game, play action, and then Russ using his legs, that's kind of been the formula for this offense to find success. You know, that's certainly something to watch too because the Lions defense hasn't handled mobile quarterbacks all that well this season. So, you know, something obviously to watch Saturday night. Dan Campbell has spent, spoke glowingly of Sean Payton, obviously a mentor. He was the assistant head coach when, when Sean was um, the head coach in uh, New Orleans. He's um, called him as one of his you know key mentors. I'm just curious, what has Sean been saying about Dan this week? Has he talked at him about him at all? Um, what's been the kind of conversation with, with that matchup this, this weekend? Yeah, I think kind of that same shared respect and, you know, expects a tough discipline, um, you know, kind of scrappy team that, uh, you know, from the very first moment that Dan Campbell was introduced there in Detroit, he he talked about instilling. And, um, yeah, Sean's got nothing but respect there. He's t talked a little bit on Monday about their relationship and uh, how impressed he's been by what Dan Campbell's been able to do. And really earlier this year, the Broncos used the Lions as an example. I think it was after the Broncos fell to one and five when Sean Payton said he talked to the team about the Lions last year and said, hey, they started off a little slow, had some close losses, and then they were able to turn it around and, and as you know, kind of run off all those games, get themselves back in the playoff hunt. Um, you know, I'm sure the Broncos hope they can maybe get that one more win and sneak in the playoffs, but um, it, it kind of is a little bit poetic that the Broncos used the Lions as an example earlier in the year, and now they face each other with both uh, both having much higher aspirations. And again, I'm speaking with Eric Delala. does a great job as a lead writer over there in Denver for, for the Broncos. Maybe a player Lions fans might, might not be too familiar with. Obviously, this is an NFC-AFC opponent, so they're not real familiar with each other. But maybe one guy Lions fans should, should watch out for, one guy that, that could be a big factor in the game Saturday uh, for Denver. 
Yeah, I'll go back. I mentioned him a couple minutes ago, but I think he's still flying under the radar a little bit. Jaquan McMillan, um, second-year guy, undrafted player. Uh, he got inserted at that nickel corner role kind of earlier in the season um, after the Broncos just weren't having a lot of success at that spot, and he's been a revelation. He picked off Patrick Mahomes as kind of his initial um, welcome to the NFL moment when the Broncos finally broke that streak to Kansas City. He's been really good as a coverage corner there in the slot, but then he's also, the Broncos have started bringing him and safety P.J. Locke on blitzes a lot, and uh, Jaquan had it looked like a strip sack that he reco recovered in return for a touchdown against the Chargers. Uh, they ruled that Easton Stick's arm was barely coming forward, so it got overturned. But he's a guy that's feisty. He's recovering fumbles. He ripped one out on the first play in an upset win in Buffalo a few weeks ago. Um, recovered a fumble against Minnesota in primetime. He's just got a knack for the football. And I think coaches are really impressed with his uh, football IQ they've said again and again you tell him something once that he needs to fix it and it's done he doesn't make the same mistake twice so um, obviously the Broncos had a great nickel corner in Chris Harris Jr. several years ago and I think people are uh, starting to you know he's, he's not quite at that level yet but but another really good undrafted guy that uh, could be a staple in this secondary for a while if he keeps playing like this. Eric, what's one key matchup you, you're really looking forward to, to watching uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's got to be how do the Broncos handle Detroit's running game? Obviously, a couple of really good running backs. And if there's one area where the Broncos defense has, has still not kind of perfected their play, it's in that running game. Um, obviously, the from earlier in the year, they really struggled there. And so that impacts some of the rankings. But uh, we've seen at times in Buffalo against Minnesota, uh, teams find some success on the ground, particularly in the second half against Denver. When they've had their convincing wins, they've stopped that early and forced teams to throw the football. And I think that plays to Denver's strength. Um, but, it, you know, to me, the, the key in this one feels like, can the Broncos get ahead early and force Detroit to go away from the running game? Because if Detroit can stick with the ground and pound, it feels like a recipe for success just based on kind of where this defense's strengths lie. No, I 100% agree because that's what Detroit wants to do. I mean, they, with with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs might be one of the better, you know, running back duos, if not the best running back duo in the league. Um, I think both those guys have a chance to rush for 1,000 yards. That's what they want to do. You mentioned the statistic with Russell Wilson off play action. It's the same thing with Jared Goff. So that's going to be a really, really key matchup. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time. Great stuff. Uh, safe travels here to Detroit, and we will uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the 20 in the huddle podcast. And I'm very happy to welcome in rookie linebacker, Jack Campbell. Jack, thanks for joining the pod. I know I had you on, yeah. I think right after you got mm -hmm. drafted, yeah, right? Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. it's been a minute. So yeah. let's start with this. Yeah. It's week 15 in the yeah. NFL. I mean, by now yeah. college season's done, mm -hmm. right? You're getting ready for a bowl game, but you've had some time to kind of relax uh -huh. and rest up the body a yeah. little bit. They talk about that rookie wall a lot. It, one, is it a real thing? And just how mm -hmm. are you from a health standpoint? Mm -hmm. How's the body holding up after, after 13 games? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, once you think about it, like a lot of like the rookies have been going at it since their college season. So uh, it's, it's been a lot, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's a lot if you make it a lot. And for me, um, just trying to, to handle it the best I can. And um, again, like preparing the way I need to prepare, doing the things I need to do to come out here and be successful. But then when I do have a little bit of free time, uh, whether that's like at, at night, 
um, just spending like quality time with um, I, I, my fiance is up here. So just, uh, just spending time with her, kind of getting away and, and just not really thinking, trying to get football off my mind and kind of focus on just like what normal people focus on. And then uh, also like, or I'll just try to find some time to just relax and just spend time uh, just on a walk or something like that, honestly. And, and, and that I feel like that's helped me a lot because I feel like at this point in the season, it's more mental than physical. And yeah. my body's fine. It's just, it's, it's, it's what you tell yourself inside your head sometimes. So when's the wedding? Yeah. Uh, next June. Next June. Yeah. How's yeah. the planning going? You're going to have to, you have to make up big time after the season's uh, done or you no, try to stay a little bit involved with she's, that. She's uh she's a saint. So she's been, she's been all, all full throttle on that her and, um, uh, some of like our parents have helped so I, i'm really appreciative of that so but when the season's done i think i'll be off the hook because i think they got most of it done. So, well congratulations yeah. on that no, that's always a, a fun time yeah. look at the last two weeks nine tackles i think a couple weeks ago you're coming off mm -hmm. uh season high 10 tackles in chicago mm -hmm. obviously not the result that you want but yeah. you feel like you're settling in a little bit jack you feel yeah. like after 13 games that the, the game mm -hmm. has has is, is slowing down or have you felt that way for a while um I would say I would slow down a little bit. Um, I mean, I feel like um, I'm just focused on like doing my job every single snap. And um, now that we're this far in the season, like honestly, I, I'm a, I'm still a rookie to everyone else. But in my eyes, like I'm not really a rookie anymore because mm -hmm. I've had a lot of experience. I've had a lot of time on the field. So just like learning from those mistakes and not making the same mistake twice is my main focus right now. Um, so anytime like I just go go out there and get an opportunity, just um, I feel like at times, like just being able to get off blocks a little bit faster. Um, obviously, at this level, the offensive lineman, a little bit more athletic, can climb to the second level a little bit faster. So, uh, just kind of focus on getting off that and then going and making the play, like not sitting there um, and sometimes being like, oh, like I got blocked by the guard and then the tight end shit me too. And that's why I didn't get in on the tackle, but not making any excuses, just yeah. getting, getting, in, getting in and being relentless to the ball. I feel like this has been my main focus right now, but. Uh, at the same time, you got you got to play your you got to do your job well within the scheme, and um, that's like my main focus right now. And um, just as a defensive unit, I feel like um, taking some strides every single week. Um, and right now is the time that we got to be playing our best football going in uh, to the. Uh, obviously, it's December, um, and if we we have aspirations to obviously go uh, play and win a Super Bowl, so you got to make the playoffs first. So you got to be playing your best football going into the playoffs. So that's kind of the main focus right now. You know, you talk about the athleticism of of the offensive linemen and, mm -hmm. and getting off blocks. It seems to me too, just from watching a guy, even on our own team like Jameer Gibbs, mm -hmm. the, the athletes that that you're asked to mm -hmm. cover sometimes yeah. too, and that part of of playing the linebacker position, um, mm -hmm. how much was that? Uh, maybe a little bit of adjustment when you see just how big. Mm -hmm. How fast the Alvin Kamara's mm -hmm. of the worlds, and just how those guys can make plays in the passing game was that a is that a, a, an adjustment for young linebackers as well coming yeah. into the NFL? I would say, um, yeah, you just you can't underestimate anybody in the NFL. Like, there's not one bad guy out there. So then once you shed off the 315 pound lineman who can run a four like eight five, <laughs> and then you get to the next level, and then you're going up against guys who can run four threes, four fours, and make one cut, make you miss, and, and get up and break any arm tackle that you throw. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, so I mean, it's 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 a challenge, but I feel like that's kind of why I just love being around the the game because I feel like it teaches you just a lot about like who you are as a person. Like I've been telling, uh, just. All the people who have been closest to me this year has been one of my favorite years ever because I've learned I've learned so much. Yeah. Um. And I've just 
because obviously I came from a scheme at Iowa that's um, different than the NFL because in college I feel like you can kind of keep your scheme rolling throughout the season, but here you got to be game plan specific. It's an adjustment so, league, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, um, but you, you just learn so much about yourself. You learn. I've learned so many new things just about the game. Um, and then here I got, I've got to be a part of a, just a, a great organization. So I, I just feel very fortunate. So How fortunate do you feel to be kind of in a stretch run here? I mm -hmm. mean, we're talking about playoff scenarios mm -hmm. this week and, you know, uh, first division championship in, mm -hmm. in, in 30 years. And how fun is this kind of December run yeah. going to be for you guys with, with what's on the line? And is mm -hmm. there a lot of pressure that, yeah. that comes along with that? I, f I feel like you can't look ahead. you got to take it one game at a time. Um, so right now, obviously, like I feel like for me as an individual, sole focus on Denver. I feel like as a defense, sole focus on Denver, and as a team, we have the sole focus on Denver. So I just feel like we're thinking the right way. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, to just get the opportunity to go out there um, and then do some things that a lot of Lions teams haven't been, haven't haven't done um, within the past. But we got to go out there and uh, not not focus too far in front of us. Be where our feet are. Be be intentional with what we do right now, and uh, everything will take care of itself. I mean, um, I just feel like a lot of people nowadays just like to try to look ahead to everything. But you just got to enjoy the moment you're in right now, um, and just make the most of, of every opportunity you get. So. Well, let's talk about, we chatted a little bit before the tape started rolling, just about Denver, just mm -hmm. what jumps out about them mm -hmm. and, the, and the challenge you guys have Saturday night in front of a home crowd. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Denver's a fantastic football team, and I just feel like they're a team who just does everything the right way. Um, and it starts with their quarterback. I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, he's been around. He's played in, he's played in the Super Bowl, so he's played at the high, he's played at the highest level for years. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like they have um, big physical receivers, fast receivers, um, so they're going to take some shots there. Offensive line, I mean, they got – I mean, an NFL offensive line is pretty dang good. I mean, they're big, athletic, can move. They get downhill fast. They're physical. Uh, and then the, then their backs, they, they kind of – they run like a three-guy rotation. Each one has a little bit different flavor to them. But, um, again, it starts with them. And they're all very talented, and they all are very good at just different things. Um, so it's just going to be a challenge. And then they got a couple tight ends who – um, you can't, again, you can't underestimate anyone. Like it's the NFL and those guys are uh, pretty good players and, and they're going to go out there and uh, probably catch a couple balls and, and block their butts off. So, uh, I mean, just looking at their offense as a whole, um, we have our work cut out for us, but again, um, it's the NFL and we're excited. So. Dan said it was a good week of practice. So he, he said he was really loved the practice on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. said it was really player um, led. And do you feel the same way? You guys mm -hmm. have had a good week of preparation and how much are you looking forward to getting back at home in front of this home crowd on, on the yeah, prime time? Exactly. I feel like this week uh, we did a great job of practice. Um, um, and it's it, we're going to finish it tomorrow with a great uh, quick walkthrough. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, back home, back in Detroit, uh, the fans here are amazing. So. I mean, we're excited to just go step foot in Ford Field and, and just cut it loose. Oh, so it's going to be fun. All right, a couple quick quick ones for you. Yep. Just Alex uh, mm -hmm. Anzalone, veteran guy. Yeah. Um, just what has he meant to, to, to your development yeah. as a rookie? Um, I would say Alex, yeah, he's just been great. Um, just always, like, pointing out little things that I don't really think about um, and then kind of explaining the reasoning, like, why I should be, like, thinking that way. Um, and then he also has just been like super supportive, mm -hmm. um, uh, just to me. And then Trevor Nowowski is the other, our freaky linebacker. Uh, he's been great to us, but honestly, the whole room has been fantastic. Uh, 
Germ, Jalen Reeves, Maven, he's been fantastic to us. Derek Barnes has been fantastic to us. Malcolm, um, Pitt, I mean, and and all those guys have played a lot of football and and know what they're talking about. So it's been it's been awesome to get to to get to sit in a room with them and um, just like hear like what they have to say and just and allow them to to teach you new things has been amazing. So and how much have you enjoyed Cal? Kelvin Shepard as mm-hmm. a, a coach, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a guy who's been in this league, yeah. who's been there, um, you know, won't ask you to do something that he hasn't already done or been asked mm-hmm. to do, you know, one of those kind of coaches. Uh, we love talking to him in the media. Is he as intense in that room and, and just, you know, the impact he's had on that room as, as a player, yeah. former player and now coach? Yeah, I would say Coach Shep, man, he's, he's been awesome. Uh, he carries that intensity into everything he does football-wise. Um, and just then like off the field, he's just like, just a good human being. And I feel like he's just like pushed me in so many different ways. Um, and he's just like, he always wants the best for the room. He always wants the best for every single guy in there. Um, so just like taking what he has to say and then just applying it. Um, and again, not making the same mistake twice, um, is a big thing. Just kind of feel like as a team, but also in our room. And I would just say he just finds ways to push you, um, just a little bit harder. Um, and just allows you to just like reach, do things and reach things that you never thought you could. So, yeah, no, he's been amazing. He's been amazing for the linebackers. Um, and he's just, 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 he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you what you need to hear, yeah. not what you want to hear, which I, I mean, in today's you have to respect world, that you respect as a Exactly, for sure. All right, let's finish with this one. Your, your, your teammate at Iowa, Sam Laporta, mm-hmm. and obviously he's doing some things in, in terms of the production that he has yeah. that is very, very rare. Yeah. Um, does it surprise you at all? Just knowing him, knowing the way mm-hmm. he works, having come from the same spot. Yeah. No, I mean, so I lived with him. Um, <laughs> and no, it doesn't. Sounds su- like there could be a yeah. good Laporta story yeah. here. <laughs> no. But uh, no, I mean, he's just he's a he's a guy who's just a genuine human being. Yeah. Um, and he's passionate about what he does, and I feel like in, anytime you get those two things, um it's going to create a pretty dang good player and man he's he's worked his tail off for everything that he's uh, gotten up to this point and he's not going to stop he's going to keep going um so no i'm just so proud of him i'm excited for just everything that he that he's done but will continue to do um so i mean it's just been amazing that we've got to share uh just the experience of being in the same organization uh just in our rookie season so it's been awesome well you're making a big impact too 70 tackles four tackles for loss obviously playing big minutes and and you know you guys are going to have to play well down mm-hmm. the stretch here to, yeah. to, to get where you want to go so mm-hmm. i appreciate you taking the time to to join me good Thank luck you. on saturday night good luck the rest of the way and uh hopefully uh we're we can talk a little bit later on about the playoffs and, exactly. and stuff moving forward but take care sure. of denver first awesome thank appreciate you sir. You, man. Yeah, thank you, you. Yeah, thank you.